I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Understanding the past is crucial in creating a better future. One of the ways we can do that is by reading biographies and learning about moments in history that have shaped our current society and the issues we face today. Today's guest, Katie Rose, was fascinated by Queen Elizabeth's childhood, specifically how she navigated the war, her separation from her parents, and her unplanned sovereignty. It led Katie to write and illustrate a children's book about it called Lilibeth the Brave, The Unusual Childhood of an Unlikely Queen. In our conversation today, Katie talks about what inspired her to write that book and why learning about historical leaders and events is so important. She also shares practical ways to incorporate learning about these things into our busy family and a few unknown facts about Queen Elizabeth and what our children might learn from her life. Welcome, Katie. It is incredible to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to be here with you, Kimberly. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? Oh, that is a great question. You know, I would say perhaps at this stage in our life, we may be known for time and togetherness. That is something that is is really important to us as we're raising these children in this season. And, and I don't know if we are known if we would be known for this yet, but something that I would hope as our kids grow and and are launched out into the world, something that would be characteristic of all of them is something that we're trying to instill now, which is basically helping, helping give them the courage to step outside comfort zones, to, to have that outward focus, just that integral part of the Christian life. And Mm -hmm. for my husband and I, something that we hold close and, hope that as they grow, that is something that will be really important for them as well. Yeah. So if we were to come over and visit your house, what could I expect? Uh, Oh my goodness. You would expect, you would hear the piano playing by one of mine at all times. You would probably see balls being thrown (laughs) (laughs) somewhat may roller skate through. Someone would probably be reading you know, it is a lively place at this, in this season right now, everyone is from four kids from seven to 12 years old, three boys and a girl. So everyone, it feels like constantly has something to say. And we are, yeah, just, we, there would be a lot of noise basically. <laughs> and <laughs> That's fun. Good. There's and nothing fun. wrong with that. I love that. <laughs> yes. I love that. We had, we had someone that was over our house frequently and they were an only child and they just loved the chaos of like <laughs> everybody going and coming all the time. And like, he oh just totally goodness. soaked it up because, you know, it's a little bit quieter at his house. Yes. So it's not yep, a bad yep. thing. <laughs> all right. So you're here today to talk to us about your new book, Lilibet the Brave. So this is a book about Queen Elizabeth and her young life and about her being brave, right? So can you just tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write that book and and to even write a story about the royal family? Yes, absolutely. So 
you know, I remember actually the moment that I decided I really wanted to write this book and came about in perhaps a slightly unusual way. I was already dabbling in, in children's books and working on a few other stories. But at the same time, we were just walking through a particularly really difficult season in our own family's life. We were a foster family. We had adopted. We also have biological children. So we were just in a season where there was a lot of really hard stuff going on, honestly. Um, And one day, I remember we were going on a road trip and I popped in some earbuds and I was just looking for a distraction. And I turned on a biography of Queen Elizabeth II. I've always, you know, I've been to... England and have have always loved that culture, but did not know a lot about the the royal family and definitely did not know much at all about Queen Elizabeth as a child. And so, you know, I I assumed I would probably like this book. I love history. I love stories that intersect with World War II. So anyway, started listening and was really surprised when a few chapters in, I had tears in my eyes as I was listening to some accounts of her later years when she was actually queen. And the story that that really stuck with me in that moment, as I, like I said, had been going through such a difficult season of my own, was the story of her. I think it was 1981. She was on horseback and she was leading a parade through the streets of London. and. She and suddenly there were gunshots fired at her. And the as it was recounted in the book, there were these gunshots fired. The crowds turned to chaos, they're screaming, but she remarkably remained totally calm and poised on top of her horse. And there's actually videos online you can see now. Her horse kind of starts to bolt and jump but she just grabs the rein and she holds steady and calm and reorients the horse and she keeps going. And so you can see how these, these police come in behind her and they're going in on the attacker. She just takes a brief moment and kind of looks back at the commotion. She turns ahead again and she keeps going. She finishes the parade. She finishes the day. She finishes this whole life of just time after time of these really difficult things. And in that moment, the thing that kind of brought tears to my eyes where I just, it was just that I felt with that story of this, you know, earthly queen, I felt like the Lord spoke to me in a way that said, you can be okay too, just because, you know, flying shots don't mean we fall. (laughs) And so in this thing that, that feels like your own shots flying at you, I can give you the strength you need, the bravery you need to persevere, to keep going. Wow. And so that caused me, you know, then I was just all in on reading all these stories about, you know, what, what creates a woman like this, what creates such perseverance and tenacity. And, and so I was, I was so interested in her childhood. And then it was, I was not disappointed. It was fascinating reading about all that she went through year after year from these, you know, seismic family shifts that actually caused her to be queen when she was never supposed to be queen anyway. That was her, you know, her uncle and then his children after that. And then the war starting and her being 
largely separated from her parents who she loved so much for these six years. And the, you know, the fears of hiding in bomb shelters, all these things that I think in my life, I would think, oh, if, if one of these things happened to my children, I would think it was disastrous and the end of the world. But to see how someone kept persevering and kept being formed and shaped by these instances and, and still came out with this steadfast spirit, you know, there's, there's a lesson in that for me as well. So yeah, that's, that was the genesis of writing the book. <laughs> yeah, no, that is incredible. I mean, it puts things into perspective when I think about, you know, like when we went into COVID, they were like, it's unprecedented times. And there was an older generation that was like, this isn't unprecedented. Like, exactly. Like there exactly. are, they, they, there are things that happen that we've made it through and we're going to make through this. Yes. And this isn't the end of the world. And I know it stinks, but like exactly. isn't as unusual as we think it is. And so there are going to be times when we're going to be challenged and, you know, and it's good for our kids to go up against things where they have to learn to be resilient and where they have to learn to make it through and recenter and group. So exactly, yeah, it's incredible to hear about what she went through. It was, it was, it really is remarkable. So why a children's book when you were inspired by this story? Yes. You know, I, I think when I look back on these years of motherhood with my kids, reading aloud together is, is one of the the memories I will hold most precious and dear. It's been really formational for us. It's, you know, helped shape some of our family culture, even as we've dealt with different bonding issues with kids who, who we've brought into our home through adoption and foster care just the simple act of sitting together and bonding through books as I have, I felt like it should be. It's just the physical act of closeness, the the ability to give and share words when I have felt so depleted that I have had nothing to share from my own brain and mouth, but I can open a book and read a story. So children's books are incredibly special and meaningful to me. I love picture book biographies. I have learned so much over the last 13 years that I never knew about history through picture book biographies. So I had just always thought if there was a chance to, to write one, that would be really special for me. I would love that. Yeah. So why do you think it's important for children to learn about historical leaders and events? Oh my goodness. I, I think there's so much value. You know, I believe that we, we all are part of this much greater story, a greater history and a greater future, the story of God on earth, his love for his people through his son, Jesus. So stories of our human story here, for me, you know, these are touch points to to look back to. And oftentimes they help us understand the bigger story. They help us instill not only in ourselves, but in our children, humility, as we understand the world's not revolve around us empathy as we're able to put ourselves in others' shoes and bravery as we're able to say, okay, this person has done that. Like you were saying about the the unprecedented times. It's like, no, actually this is very precedented and people have made it through before. And so can we. So, you know, handing down stories to children, whether it's from our own family history or broader history, I think I, I can envision it almost as like handing a compass or a lantern to the next generation. There's this little book I love called Do Story by Bobette Buster. And she compares 
passing down stories to children to passing on a baton in a relay. And she says, it's handing them a visual template of what to expect, a map of the wilderness, a psychological preparation for life's inevitable struggles. And she talks about how traditionally in many cultures, each generation was psychologically prepared for their future by hearing stories from their elders, you know, told around the campfire, stories passed down, written down, handed down. And she says the stories helped them know that they would not only be ready to survive what was coming, but they could thrive in life's adversities. So she, she just talks about how stories are, it's like helping us carry the fire from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. And there's this other writer that said, we live in the most emotionally cluttered time in history. Stories provide clarity. They help us to know how to feel and understand the world around us. Without this context, the next generation will be rudderless and confused. And I, I think, you know, when I look at the, the Bible and stories in scripture, I see how the Bible is just absolutely full of encouragement to remember God's faithfulness, remember what he has done, tell the stories to the next generation of God's faithfulness. He uses prophets in the Old Testament to remind his people about how he parted the Red Sea, how he brought them out of slavery. You know, and he and there's there's the time when he has people lay out memorial stones or these Ebenezer stones as a sign of what of history, of what he has done, so that generations will remember. So remembering and storytelling can even be, you know, seen as an act of worship because it leads us to to gratitude for the past. Mm-hmm. I think in my own life I've felt how deeply true it is. the way that stories in my hardest times have been the greatest, you know, aside from daily time spent in scripture have been the greatest self-help books, you know, stories of women who have gone before, who have persevered. Those have really been what have buoyed me and in sinking moments. So I think the ability to pass those on to our kids is, is really important and just a beautiful way to take, facts that we want them to learn and presented in a way that really is memorable and allows them to kind of synthesize what we're, what we're meaning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I do find it amazing how little we know about history. And I think that in generations previous, there was a much greater emphasis on understanding our history and where we came from. And so I do love the idea of sharing biographies and sharing history and providing that context, like you said. Yeah, yes, really yes. Yeah. So with Queen Elizabeth, you're, you know, you already mentioned she had an unusual childhood, but can you share with us a few maybe unknown facts that the average person doesn't know that you learned about her and her upbringing? That's a great question. I, you know, something I feel like I could have written a whole book on, but it it's not even mentioned in this book is something that I thought was so charming. And I'm sure depending on your familiarity with the Royal family, you would know this, but she was, she and her sister were gifted a life-size playhouse by the Welsh people when they were young. And so it sat in their backyard, essentially. It was a full-size two-story house with running water, electricity, a thatched roof, it had dishes, but everything was like 
I think I read like basic, it, everything was miniature. So it was like two thirds the size, like a bookshelf would have been two thirds right. the size of a typical adult bookshelf. And, but the, the person writing on this, the story of it um, was saying the girls kept it meticulously clean. And the, the nanny or the governess was saying when she first saw the house, she thought, oh, the 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 maids must come in and clean it for them after they've played but no it was completely their own doing they kept it meticulous they put furniture covers on all of the furniture before they left town and so that's pretty indicative i think of her of Lilibet's character and personality when she was little shoot there were it was just story after story of her being very tidy very meticulous she you know, as I hope comes across in the book, she had a very um, soft heart, very compassionate. She was very concerned when she heard of people in need. I read a little story about her, just tons of little precious stories I came across, like her her neighbor's dog passed away and she worked all day making this, you know, hand making this wreath out of poppies that she then went and laid on the the, you know, the mound of dirt where the dog was and just a very, a very tender, compassionate heart that was really precious to read about. Yeah. So are you saying that our children can clean up after themselves? Well, I don't know. <laughs> after reading all these stories, I was like, I don't know what's wrong, but I think I've done something incorrectly. No, I think she is. I think she was very unique in her ways. And actually the, her governess who wrote about it said she, you know, said that much Said she was very unique in mm-hmm. her her tidiness, you know, her need to have things orderly. It was not perhaps typical. (laughs) My my oldest child's like that. So sometimes I think that that could be like a birth order thing too. Yes. Yes. Um, Who knows? All right. So, you know, I'm sure the average kid is like, okay, I, I cannot relate to Queen Elizabeth, but is there anything you can share with us that she struggled with that our children would be able to relate with? Yes, yes. And I, you know, in writing the book, that was one of the things I hoped to do was to say, yes, this is a story of a a young girl who most, of course, hardly any of us would ever be able to relate to the actual life. But I think that's also the beautiful thing about biographies and history and story is we, we can all find a way to relate in some way because there's, there's something just elementally the same about all of us as humans. And so, you know, even just trying to keep it relatable in the book, including things like she bit her nails, she had a nail biting habit that took her years to to get over, or the fact that she did have a bit of a temper like her father, and she had to work really hard when she was little to, to control that. And so I included the, a little story about her dumping a pot of ink on top of her head because she got so frustrated having to write mm-hmm. so many French words and she she was just overcome and did not want to do it and she dumped the pot of ink on top of her head. So oh, gosh. <laughs> so yes, little little stories like that that make her very relatable. I had read about um, you know, she and her sister fought just like any normal two sisters would, and they hated wearing hats. And so they were extra grumpy on the days they had to have their hats on and they, you know, might occasionally swing at each other. And so they were just two normal little sisters. <laughs> yeah. 
So what do you think our kids might learn from Queen Elizabeth? I think there are, there's several lessons that stood out. Three things that I mentioned today. One, this idea, this ability to pivot well. And so if you look back at her life, as I mentioned earlier, it's like nothing went as planned. The the way that she or her parents might have seen her life going, it ended up going an entirely different direction. And that was just kind of the the grand scheme and then also day-to-day things. Um, So, but this idea, this ability to pivot well, to say, okay, instead, you know, when, when I look at this for my own life or for my children's life, instead of being bitter and bogged down by things not going as I hoped, the ability, something that has been so freeing for me to say, hey, maybe my plan was not the best plan after all. Maybe the Lord has a better plan. And maybe it's the best idea to move, you know, to pivot, to move in this direction and, and trust and have faith instead of living in bitterness and just wishing for something else. So I think pivoting well is one thing that has stood out to me. Another is pursuing a steadfast spirit. You were saying earlier, you were mentioning the idea about how struggle and going through these things can actually be good for our children. And that was exactly what I kept thinking. The Bible talks about how a steadfast spirit is comes through trials and testing. And so just the just the idea that we don't need to fear and flee every struggle that comes our way for ourselves and for our children, but understand that those can be the things that make us that he uses to make us stronger and more beautiful in our hearts. And then lastly, I kept I just kept thinking about how she, you know, it's called Lilibet the Brave. And kind of my whole thesis behind it is she became brave through serving others. You know, she saw it as her life's work. It was to serve. And so as I read these stories from her childhood, I saw how informally this started so early on serving others. And and throughout the war, she was always finding these little things she could do to to serve and help the efforts of the war and i think you know when i have i have felt this so deeply in my own life that in my times of you know deep, deepest angst or anxiety when it feels like the the world's closing in a bit when we choose to look out and consider how we might serve another one reach out in our time of struggle it can really build these muscles of bravery when we feel most afraid. And so paving the way for bravery by serving others is, is I think, a beautiful message. I read about time and time again in her life. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've watched the series, The Crown, like you see, which I do, you see examples of denying herself to, to walk in her position that she was given. And you know, we often think that people in positions like those can do whatever they want and they Mm -hmm. indeed can't. And Mm -hmm. so even that idea of like serving and fulfilling her role and thinking of the crown and other people first, that takes bravery, that takes sacrifice. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. So what are some practical ways that we can incorporate learning about historical figures and events into the rhythm of our family life? Yes. You know, I'd say 
you know, I think for a lot of people that might feel intimidating. And so yeah. what I like to say is start with your own stories, start with your own family history and that of your spouses. And for us, this has looked like just, this has been around the dinner table. And so, like I said, our house is fun and loud and crazy. And especially it seems like around the dinner table, you know, we've committed to those dinners together, but it can be hard sometimes. And so something that we have found creates just the most delightful dinners, in my opinion, is when my husband or I will start telling a story just from our life, from our childhood, something that we've read about that happened to one of our grandparents. And it has, it, it's been really, it's been really wonderful and really meaningful. I had read about this fascinating study and in the study, a test was developed and given to children. It was called, do you know? And it was reported that one of the single highest predictors of children's health and happiness was linked to how much children knew about their family story. So they had this vision for obstacles that had been overcome, you know, by family members, how parents, grandparents had survived. And it talks about how stories provide the sense of control for children to, as they develop their own narrative of their, as they're walking through life. So, so of course that, you know, that's largely linked to time as well. We have to take the time to, to be with our children and to tell them these stories. So, like I said, I'd start with your own family stories. And then after that, for it would be reading together. It would be reading history, interesting things on your own that you can share with your kids. But also just if you have younger ones, especially reading picture book biographies. You know, our older children have enjoyed some of the, the books for older kids, like the Unbroken Youth version and Hiding Place and some of these others. You know, even historical fiction is a great way to learn about times and eras and history. So yes, reading together, reading alone and just sharing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I read that same study about if, when your kids understand their history, where they came from and a bit about like their family, that they are definitely more rooted and grounded and have more confidence and they perform better in school. And there's just, there's something really special about that. It's so fascinating. I just love that. Yeah. And I think we forget. I'm even like, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, just different ways to incorporate those conversations. I like that you do it at the table, you know, because as parents, we so often, I've spent a lot of years focusing on how was your day and how are your friends and did you have fun and tell me more about it. But I'm not necessarily sharing what's going on in my life. And it's such a missed opportunity to share with them where they came from, but also that we indeed are human beings. (laughs) (laughs) with ups and downs and struggles. And I think it's important for them to get to know us. And that's a great way to do that. Yes, yes. I totally agree with that. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I am excited for our listeners to get a hold of your book. Thank you, Kimberly. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You can find Katie at katierosecollection.com. You can also find her on Instagram as katierosecollection. I'll link to all of that, plus where you can find her new book in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. 
If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.